the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome along. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Boys of Tech, episode 309 for Monday, the 15th of December, 2014. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm joined by a man whose name is Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Oh, how are you? Hey. So, Brett, look, uh, we were talking before the show about our first story, and I'm going to bring in this first story because I thought it was way cool. Now, you've before the show, you, we had a little chat, and you didn't seem all that impressed. So let's let's take our listeners first of all through it, and then we, we can we can have a little chat about it. So Illusionist have released a product, or at least announced a product, which is effectively a wristband that lets you throw fireballs. How cool is that? Me. <laughs> You're not. I thought you'd be right into this. I, I thought you'd be like, yeah, I want one. But it's mis- it's a magician gimmick. And not only that, it's a magician gimmick that almost everybody in the internet now will have seen and not fall for. Well, yeah, yeah, true. But don't you, isn't it an impressive piece of technology? Though it's been two years in the making, so they say. It's a a small black box that you strap to your wrist, and it shoots little bits of flash paper out. When you say it shoots little bits of flash paper, what's the illusion that you see? You see a small ball of fire that comes out and crackles for a bit. And then you see the small child who got one for his birthday set the carpet on fire. (laughs) And that's why they're not uh, suggesting it be a a sort of a mass market product. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got to be 18 to to buy one of these things. They are for for magicians and, and, and illusionists and hobby illusionists, I think. The real professionals will have far more interesting magic tricks, my guess. <laughs> so what is fire paper? Pardon? So what is fire paper? Well, I think flash paper is... Or like, flash paper. Is tissue paper Im- embedded with something, uh, with an accelerant to make it burn sparkly, so possibly gunpowder or something that's from firework or something. I don't know exactly, but it's it's a special type of paper which burns quickly and sparkly. It's like whenever you see a magician on the show, or, or you know, on TV or live, and they do one of their burn a wad of paper and it turns into something. Oh, the paper yes, they generally yes, use yes, yes. that burns incredibly quickly is is flash paper. Right. Okay. So there's a, there's an article on. Uh, Wikipedia, because that is the source of all knowledge on the internet, and it's called, it's known as nitrocellulose, also known as flash paper, gun cotton, or flash string. A highly flammable compound formed by nitrating cellulose through the exposure to nitric acid or another powerful nitrating agent. When used as a propellant or low-order explosive, it was originally known as gun cotton. I could probably read the whole article, but that would make for a very long show. It was used in cannons when it was gun cotton. Was it? Mm, and uh, muskets. 
All right. Um, so this fireball wristband, it's based on flash paper, is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it doesn't actually shoot fireballs. It's got to have something that burns. It does not. It's not. It's not a tiny flamethrower. Okay. Well, you see, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was like a little flamethrower, you know, with. Um, no, no. It, it sounds like it is a a little thing which has the ability to launch a wad of paper and ignite it. Okay, so you're making it sound less impressive than their promo video. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of enthused by the promo video, which, mind you, didn't it, it show almost, very much. Well, yeah, the promo video does not show very much of it in action no. at all. It is mostly marketing yep. uh, and, and other pyrotechnics mm. happening around it. Yep. Um, <laughs> it, and the most interesting thing about it would be to see what, how they made it so that it actually fires. Is it an action based on something on your wrist or is it a remote that you control with a different thing? How do you make it fire? That would they, be the cool part. Yeah, they didn't disclose that, did they? Because you'd think if it was something that happened by an, an action of the wrist, then as illusionists quite often do fancy thing movements with their wrists, etc., it would go off randomly. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that so wouldn't maybe, be so Maybe good. it works by remote has a button or something. Hmm. Okay, well, I, you know... That this, would be more interesting to find out, but they had no technical guff no, whatsoever on their no. website. <laughs> Other than their promotional video and the fact that they're entirely sold out until later in December. Yeah, 17th December, I think. Um, they go for a price of US uh, $174. $174? They are US, not a toy. Mm -hmm. You must be 18 to buy one. But, yeah... That's about 140 euro. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of excited, but now you've kind of made me think, well, yeah, it's not really that great. And, and it's probably nothing like the, the kind of imagery they want to conjure up in your mind when you watch their video. Mm. Mm. All right, and also anybody who's seen it now, advert, you know, now talked about all over the place is going to immediately know as soon as somebody shoots a fireball out of their hand. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The illusion... Is, is is busted. Yeah, exactly. Be like, ah, oh, that's that thing that you can buy off the net. Yeah, yeah, because it's all over the net. Mm. <laughs> that's the thing with magic. Magic is supposed to be secret. You're not supposed to know how it works. That's, that's, that's yeah. why it's magic. Yeah, I know, uh, but you know, when everybody these people, knows how it works. Then it's not magic anymore. I know you're 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 spot on, Brett. But you know, having said that, there are people like me who are far too curious for their own good. And want to know and spend hours and hours researching uh, by looking up videos of people who give away secrets or researching uh, other other uh, uh, resources to to find out how tricks are done. And, and I I really like because to me it's more like a a, puzz, oh, that, a puzzle. I think that's it, perfectly fine as long as you watch the trick first and you go ooh. How did they do that? And then try and find oh, it yeah. out. Oh, yeah, and I like to try and it guess. It entirely loses its illusions when you go into the show and you go, ah, oh, that's that thing that I've already seen because it was advertised on telly. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's that thing because it was on, I saw that on, yeah. on, on the news. Or, oh, that's from that website that I always read. They talked about that thing. Mm. You lose the illusion at the time. Yeah, and it does kind of kill it. But, you know, it, it's um, at some point, like, look, I'm, I'm happy to, look, to, to watch an illusion 
and then go, all right, I, now I really want to know how they've done it. Here are my three guesses, and invariably my three guesses will be way off. And then I'll go and find, you know, find the answer, and it's like, oh, wow, that's even more clever than I thought. Indeed. Mm. All right, Brett, let's also talk about the dislike button on Facebook because we talked about, was it was it you and, and me or was it Ben and me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah me. Okay. We talked about it previously, the, the designer of the like button. Yeah, and why they uh, why they wouldn't had create a dislike? Why they would not create a dislike button? That's right. And now it's negative. <laughs> exactly. And now Mark Zuckerberg has been, or well, he said he's they've been thinking about how to address the demand for a dislike button. And they well, they, that's because the human race likes to be negative. Well, no, actually, the human the, race wants but, to put things down. Well, hang on. I can't see a positive spin to a dislike button. Well, I can. Let me tell you it. It's exa- It's for the, the videos or, or photos of things that are not cool. Things that are, for example, perhaps a... Uh, 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 I do believe uh, that Facebook already has a mechanism for reporting inappropriate things. Well, no, this is not about reporting inappropriate things. This is about something... Uh, I'm just struggling to come up with a good example, but I've I've been there before yeah. where I've watched something and I thought, you know what, I like a good example of something that would be would be not cool, but wouldn't be inappropriate. Well, what about a um, and would not foster the community of negativity that Facebook is attempting to avoid? What about a short extract of, of a video about, say, a concentration camp or something? And it, it, it you want to show that? Yeah, I, I like the way the video was done but but what i also want to say was i don't like you know the content that was in the video if that makes sense you know what that is ed that is a prime example of using one of those fundamental things that us as a modern society have to express ourselves it's called words <laughs> and a comment yeah, I know. And you that's, like the video I, I because you like the video. And then you put a comment of, this video is really intriguing and wasn't it terrible, the things that happened there? You use words. You don't have a button where going, I dislike this, because it, it has no meaning. Because a dislike on that, or I don't like this, or this is none cool, is a blanket thing, just like the like. It is a, this video is uncool. You've got no clarification to it. So in your example, your dislike would be disliking the video. And the documentary might have been incredibly thought-provoking, incredibly good. All right, what about someone saying... And it made you think. And that making you think should make you use words to express yourself. Okay, okay then, Brett. What about the, the the example of a photo or a video of someone doing something silly or extremely dangerous? Perhaps uh, someone, you know, one of these people that climb these tall towers and hang off with one hand when they shouldn't, you know, on a construction site where they shouldn't be. It's kind of well, impressive. If you like what it, like it. If you don't, don't. And if you've got a comment to make about it, Make a comment. Yeah, and look, you know what you're saying is exactly what why what what Facebook said uh, when we, in, we earlier on some months ago when we talked about this why they don't have this like button. But he has come out saying you know that they're thinking about how to respond to the demand. Indeed, they're thinking button. about how to just respond to the demand, and that response will probably be oh, we're not putting a dislike button on here. How about using words? How about mm. expressing yourself in a comment? Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Because uh, you cannot put a positive spin on negativity. Mm. Uh, let's see what they come out with. Because I have a especially fe- not for a generic button like like. 
Well, let's the see what they come of out like with. Is yeah. dislike, and that will be a blanket thing. Okay, Brett. Let's see what they come out with because I have a feeling they're going to give us another button, which I don't know what will be called, but will be the button that you push when you see something that is not cool, but you're impressed by what, what you. It will be usurped to be the negative button, and it will be spammed by the haters. <laughs> Trolls out there yeah. will have a field day with any button that is negative. All right, we'll see. We'll they see. They cannot put a positive spin on it. Okay, let's. If they put a positive uh, spin on it, Ed. I will buy you a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh yeah. If they come up with something that is a negative, a dislike, or a whatever, right. and after six months it has not been usurped by trollage. I'll buy you a cheeseburger. All right, folks, you heard it here first on the Boys of Tech. Brett will buy Edwin a cheeseburger if... What Brett said. I will buy you a cheeseburger. That's right. Brett will buy Ed a cheeseburger. Yes. Let's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'll see you in six months, eh? Right, in the meantime, let's talk about Minecraft because it's finally been made available for Windows Phone Platform. Woohoo! Cool. Now, has that got anything to do with the fact that Microsoft just bought it, do you think? And, and this, is a, this is a serious question, not a loaded question. Yeah? Yeah, I wondered the same, actually. I thought, yeah, that well, was... Mojang had, had stated multiple times that they, they the reason they put out a version for the two um, phone operating systems they had is there was a significant market for it. And they weren't going to bother developing for a market for, you know, for smaller markets. So the conclusion is it was because Microsoft now owned it that they wanted yeah. it on their platform. But because Microsoft yeah. own it and Microsoft own Windows Phone, Microsoft has a much better incentive for putting the time and effort into porting it. And, yeah, it's good on them. Mm. It's good to see Minecraft being available on more platforms. Yep. So now it's what? It's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. I, so iOS, Android, and uh, Windows Phone, right? Yep. Can you play it on a desktop on desktop operating systems? Uh, yes, that's where it first was for. Oh, was it? Yeah, I'm so I'm I'm not with it. I don't get it. It, 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 it was first available it. for playing on desktop operating systems. Oh, you edumac- and it was you're, ported to oh, PlayStation. You're edumacating me. Or 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 Xbox. So what was it? Was it was it just Windows or was it yeah, Mac yeah, it was as well? Xbox. And then it's yeah, now it's available on PS4. Damn, cannot remember. I don't keep up with all of the extra uh, random things. But I for, play it on desktop. So on the desktop operating systems, it was for Windows. Was it ever done for Mac? Yeah, it, it, well, anything that plays Java, really. Oh, okay, it's through a it's Java. It's in Java. Right, 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 right. <laughs> if you can run Java, you can run it. Right, gotcha. I didn't realize it was a Java game. Uh, all right, so yeah, it's anyway. It's a Java but, app, which is why okay. it has lots of limitations and which is why it's really interesting to see all of the different ways people have developed around the limitations. Are you into Minecraft? It's, yeah, I love Minecraft. I play modded Minecraft all the time. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, it's got it's, a, it's, sort of, it's got a cult following. It's, it's got a uh, yeah. Its own it's its own thing. Mm. It is. <laughs> it's almost its own development platform. Because mm. because people have recreated across the genre of different game styles in Minecraft. Have people recreated existing structures like, say, the Eiffel Tower or the yeah. Statue of Liberty? You pretty much you name a, a a landmark, and it will have been recreated in Minecraft. Entire cities have been recreated in Minecraft. 
there was a Minecraft one which was doing a one-to-one scale uh, recreation of, of the Forbidden City. You know, the, the Chinese, what is it? Where is it? Where's the Forbidden City? I don't know. You're telling the where story. They, where the emperors of China used to live. Is this in Beijing? Oh, oh, I don't know. I should know this. Anyway, there is a, yeah, there's a, a, a project to create a one-to-one scale of the, the Forbidden City. There is a, a, a guy who was um, building a one-to-one scale of the um, USS Enterprise uh, from Star Trek. Okay. Uh, there have been many different things. Uh, there have been people who've created using the the basic redstone functionality of Minecraft computers, eight bit computers. Really? Yeah. Wow. And with with the, the you know all of the advances in the the modding community, they have made some amazing things. All kinds of different types of games have been recreated in Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is an amazing, amazing thing. Feels like I'm, there's a whole world out there I'm missing out on. It is, it is. Certain aspects of it you'd, you'd like. Uh, did you play Lego? I did. I love. Did you I, like I, building I still play, things? I still play Lego. Well, and I go. love building things. Building, building stuff in Minecraft is like having a massive Lego kit where you have to go and dig your own Lego blocks. Oh, so is that where the blocks are? You dig them? Yeah, because it's 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 all about digging, and and, and mining, hence mining, and, and gathering right. resources, and then either surviving or building stuff. And you got to be careful; you don't come across a slime. A what? A, is it a, called a slime? Well, there are slimes. Why would you not be careful? You want slimes? Slimes give you slime balls. I, I slime thought they balls were are made I thought, sticky pistons. I thought, sticky pistons oh. are amazing. I thought that if they can't came into contact with you, they kind of ate you or something. Well, all of them, all of the um, enemy mobs attempt to eat you, and they all do now, damage the, to you. But you just kill them and, and take their stuff. Now there was an interesting talk at KiwiCon, which happened uh, Thursday, Friday last week, about the random number generator in Minecraft, and it's not a particularly good one. And so you can, by looking at um, or by using information that you gather about where slimes are found, you can figure out what the, the random number seed was, which will then tell you where other slimes will be or, or other oh, yeah, objects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are there are tons of things, tons mm. of mods and stuff, which allow you to work out which chunk is a slime chunk. Well, this talk at KiwiCon was all based on, on uh, the, the way that this was done, was based on the fact that they did not use a real number, uh, random number generator. They're using a pseudo random number generator. And it just goes to show you the importance. If you don't want people to game your game your game if you like to game you know to game the system that you yeah, should be using the point a for real... Minecraft is it doesn't matter well it doesn't matter if you game the system you, in fact it's quite encouraged but you can get ahead of other people and or does it not matter because no, everybody's got the same advantages and disadvantages yeah I mean you can look at it that way I suppose hmm all right, and I, all of that sort of stuff can be tweaked in the settings of the server creator oh, just okay. like terrain generation can be tweaked if you don't want the random distribution of um, certain ores or whatever, you can modify where they're distributed. Okay, I, I don't know. I, I don't get the, this whole Minecraft thing. I, you know, I was surprised. It is amazing fun. You can spend. I have. <laughs> I have spent many, many hours digging holes, building amazing machines, building ginormous reproductions of nineteen twenties retro futuristic buildings. 
I would rather spend that time on a truck simulator or a bus simulator. Oh, of course you would. Picking up passengers but or delivering goods. how about playing a truck simulator in Minecraft? Now, that does have some appeal, I must say, and I can see what you're trying to do here, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you're playing at, actually, but it, it, may, it may interest me. Have you tried Goat Simulator? What? Goat Simulator. Okay, I'm going to Google this. You, 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 <laughs> My God, you have entirely missed Goat Simulator? <laughs> what is this? I'm Googling it and it's rather disturbing. Oh, my goodness. What is Goat Simulator? You should watch some of the videos about Goat Simulator. I have a feeling I might have come across that in the App Store uh, when I Googled Simulator. Oh, when I Googled, sorry. When I um, searched for Simulator in the Apple App Store. In the Mac App Store. <laughs> could, could that be right? Possibly. Or maybe not. Maybe it wasn't there. There were some weird simulators. No, I don't think it was in there. It was somewhere else. Uh, look, I'm going to have to do some research after the show. I'm going to save it for after the show. <laughs> uh, looks like I've got a little bit of uh, a little bit more educating to, to you know to go through. Look, but Brett, let's talk about uh, drones because I see there's a, a story that there was uh, or some articles recently in the week just been about some regulations that might be enforced regarding drones, uh, as in toys, I think, uh, and, and toys and tools in the US. Indeed, the the we talked about it quite some time ago when we were talking about something else about drones, um, how there were no real rules or anything about it. And the, um, the federal U.S. Federal Aviation Administration is expected by the end of the year to have uh, proposed the new rules that will be governing the use of what they're calling small unmanned aircraft systems, which is basically any um, flying aircraft or drones that are 55 pounds or less. And, yeah, they're expected to announce that and then it being implemented during the course of 2015. So, yeah. <laughs> Are you surprised? No, no. I've been waiting for them to bring in. There's been far too far, – oh, there's far too large a gap currently in the legislation regarding drones. So there's nothing about the commercial use of drones and there is pretty much – nothing about the amateur use of drones and they've exempted currently what they could call amateur use of of you know aircraft and drones and that sort of thing but it is expected or anticipated that the new rules governing it will kind of split you into two groups you're either going to be a, a hobbyist who has to register with one of the the community-based hobby groups and be covered by their rules for how to use and how to fly and all those sorts of, you know, etiquette of flying a drone, mm -hmm. or you will come under the FAA's commercial operators' rules. And But at the moment, there's like well, the a big grey area of people who aren't covered by any rules at all, like the person who just buys a drone or gets one as a, you know, a present, and then they're the people who are, are, are the ones causing all the havoc, which we then read about in the news of, you know, a drone that has been flying over an airport or those sorts of things. Well, I remember being one... Being operated uh, by people who've just bought one as a toy and then don't realise that there are actually rules coming. Well, I remember one just not long ago uh, here in Wellington. Someone flew a, uh, 
a radio-controlled craft of some sort into accidentally into the side of a building, the lithium-ion battery exploded and there was a spectacular fire flash, if you like, yeah. that followed. And, you know, the, I, you know I can, I can kind of understand why they want to put some rules and regulations in. Oh, yeah, there's got to be yeah. rules and regulations. We have far too many things with these drones and with the you know, the desire for commercial use. There's going to be far too many things buzzing around to have people unlicensed um, operating them. It's not going to be giving little Timmy a quadcopter for his, you know, for Christmas and not having to go through the rules and regulations about how he can appropriately fly it without endangering somebody else's life or the life of hundreds of people in a plane because little Timmy happens to live two blocks away from a major airport. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, I must say, though, I'm looking at this and I'm I'm thinking, hmm, 55 pounds is a strange, uh, it's not a round number. It translates very, very closely to 25 kilos. 25 kilos is the limit that's been uh, implemented in, in many European countries. It looks like the U.S. is actually, uh, if you like, mimicking uh, European law this time. Well, no, I think it's more about the what they categorize as the different categories of drone. And that's kind of more international, standardized. Oh, I see. Okay. Little drones are, you know, 25 kilos or less. Yeah, because I, I looked at 55 and thought, that's a and funny that's, number. Those and, are and the, ones, trans- which are yeah, the okay. ones which yeah. are incredibly unregulated at the moment. Mm. Mm. Because they're the ones that you buy and give as presents. Yeah, yeah. But they still have the the same opportunity of doing significant damage. <laughs> Should it, you know, fly into somebody or fall out of the sky into a crowd of people and then explode because it's lithium-ion battery? Kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, worse still, uh, have an accident with an aircraft that causes the entire plane to go down. These are all factors. And with these unregulated, these currently unregulated aircraft, that's, well, drone craft, they are trying to bring in some rules around it to prevent these sorts of situations occurring. And look, and it, I, I, been... I see it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I think there should be definitely very strict rules for commercial use of drones and there should definitely be rules for the hobbyist use and, you know, making it so that you have to be a registered member of a community-based organisation, you know, participating in a community-based organisation, hobby organisation that has rules and guidelines to be allowed to then operate a, a hobbyist drone. I think it's perfectly fine. I'm the same as you, Brett. I, I agree with these in principle. And let's remember, let's keep in mind, that if you're someone who applies common sense, then these role, rules will probably really not uh, affect you well, in any they're way. Rules that, <laughs> they're rules that cover common sense. Yeah, they exactly. Are common sense rules. However, if you're the sort of person that likes to, you know, or, or doesn't think about whether flying it or anything like that or the environment or what's nearby, then they will quite rightly... Uh, you know, affect you because you will then probably find yourself on the wrong side of the law. Indeed. Mm. Brett, on that note, look, let's leave it there. That is episode 309. This is our second to last podcast for the year. We have one final one uh, next Monday. And then we're going to take a, a brief hiatus over the Christmas period and come back in 2015. So we will have episode 310 uh, next week as our last one. 
So, Brett, uh, will you join me for that one? Oh, probably. Good, good. <laughs> and uh, we'll try and get Ben on as well. All right, Brett, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting the number 309. Always a pleasure. Let's regroup next week for episode 310. Until then, have yourself a great week, Brett, and everyone else, thanks for listening. You have yourselves a great week as well. See you then. Goodbye. Ciao.